This is the International Anthony Burgess Foundation podcast. In this episode, the Burgess Foundation's Will Carr speaks to the composer Raymond Yu about his new album The World Was One Soul Miracle, which features three orchestral works performed by the BBC Philharmonic and soloist Roderick Williams. The title song cycle is inspired by the work of Anthony Burgess and was first performed at the Manchester International Festival to mark Burgess's centenary year. The World Was One Soul Miracle is out now on Delphic Records and available on CD and download from your favourite place to get music. Well, uh, good morning, Ray. Thanks so much for joining us on the Anthony Burgess Foundation podcast. Um, and we're here today to talk about your forthcoming album release, The World Was On Once All Miracle, uh, which we're very excited about. This is coming out on the 12th of February. Um, I wonder if we could be- begin, though, by asking you um, a bit about your journey as a composer. How did it start? When did you start writing music? Um, I, even though I started, Playing the piano at the age of four, I didn't really uh, try writing music until I start uh, my undergraduate study at Imperial College um, doing engineering. Um, I think first of all, I began by doing a lot of improvisation on the piano as when I was a teenager, but I didn't really quite know what I was doing other than just playing, uh, fooling around on the piano. Um, only when I started studying at Imperial College, I started trying to write down the ideas that I came up with and trying to find a ways to put them together into a piece of music with a beginning and ending. Uh, so that's pretty much where I started around the age of about 1920. I see. So, so you're originally a, a performer, is that right? Uh Yes, I kind of, but I don't think I was a very good pianist anyway. I, I didn't really enjoy <laughs> learning the piano um, until I discovered that I could actually improvise and, and, and I start playing jazz. That's when I enjoy playing more. I see, I see. And well, and, and what happened next? What happened next is that I finished my degree and I was writing music when I wasn't studying. And when I graduate, I realized I really have to make a living. So uh, I went into, I went to find a job and I went into work in IT. Uh, I've been doing that for, I've been doing that for about 13 years. Um, and during that time, I was writing music when I finished work. Um, so during that period, my music gradually taking off. I see. I see. And you were doing this all alone, is that right? You were you were self-taught? Yeah. Where did it all come from? Yes, I've, it was just, in, in the beginning, I just didn't really quite know what I was doing. So I was just doing a lot of reading, I was reading a lot of scores and listening to a lot of music with the scores and trying to teach myself the basic about composing. And I've been doing that for quite a long time. Um, and then I... Uh, in around 1998, 99, I wrote a letter to a composer whose music I adore, and his name is Lucas Force, and he was based in New York. Um, I basically just wrote him a letter saying that I really love his music and adore his music, and can I 
ask you more about your work. And then he wrote back with saying that he was just about to come to London to do a performance. So he would like to meet me. So I met up with him and I spent several days with him. Um, and then when he went back, about a year later, I finished a piece for strings um, for a competition, which I didn't get through. Um, I sent him a copy of the score and asked him for his opinion. And he wrote back, said that he wanted to give the world premiere in New York. So, so that's how I have my first professional performance. I see. That, well, that's that's amazing. And 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 did um, did he remain your mentor for a time? Oh yes, I think he he remained to be my mentor until he died in two thousand and nine. Um, and I spent a lot of time reading and kind of working out his music. Uh, so I eventually wrote an article on his music for the music magazine called Temple. I see. And and where does Anthony Burgess come into the story? Okay. Um, if we could go back a few years, I think it was around about 1997 or 1998. Um, I was just kind of idly browsing in a second-hand bookshop. I found this copy of a book. Oh, it was about the time that when I was really interested in the writing of um, the writer Paul Bowles. And, and I discovered Paul Bowles was also a composer. And I really like his music. And then I just kind of had this idea, kind of wondering if there was any other writers out there uh, currently living or dead, uh, was also a composer. So I I would just completely by chance, I discover Anthony Burgess, um, this man in music in the bookshop. And I just start reading in the shop and I was completely got smacked. I was like, here we are. We have this writer talking about music. Um, but funny enough, at the time, I didn't really know who he was except that he wrote um, Corporate Orange. But at least I know, know that he was a writer. I see. Well, I mean, the connections between Burgess's story and your own, I, I think, are fascinating in that Burgess, of course, was was very much self-taught. Mm. And um, he for, for many years, he ploughed quite a, well, quite a lonely furrow, really. You know, he thought of himself as a musician, but nobody else did until until later. He, he was commissioned to um, to write a major piece of music, a symphony. Mm. And um, I wondered if you could just speak a little about a little bit about that, as I understand you're um, you're reading a Burgess's chapter about let's write a symphony for something that uh, particularly stuck with you. It was funny. It's precisely the symphony that really got me into Antonio Burgess because in um, this man in music he spent a chapter talking about symphony in C um, in details, and at the time I was just kind of curious to really want to hear because even though the, the book gives you a lot of musical examples it didn't actually give you the whole idea of the, of the whole piece so I I just at that, from that moment onward I just have the idea that I really want to hear this piece and I did wonder whether a recording did exist uh, and um, I think that whole idea about both me and Anthony Burgess are autodidact that I find that there was some some kind of attraction in that as well because, I mean, neither of us follow rules, um, yes. in in a kind of kind of normal sense. So we we kind of find our ways to 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 write both in terms of music or in Burgess' case in music and words. Um, that 
the way of thinking, the narrative structure, I find it quite it's very attractive. Let's listen to some of the music. Here's part of the first movement from Burgess's Symphony in C. Even before you started working directly with us at the Burgess Foundation on, on The World Was Once or Miracle, you'd written your own symphony in 2015, which does connect music and words, I think. Yes, I did. Um, I was commissioned to write a piece for the proms uh, in 2015. Um, and up to that point, I have already written a handful of song cycles for different type voice types and piano. Um, and I really want to write a piece for my friend, the counter-tenor, Andrew Watts. Um, and that opportunity presented itself to me in a very kind of public-facing way. And I really want to write something that really mattered to me. Um, as a gay man who came to London in 1992 and pretty much lived in London when the AIDS epidemic was still raging, I think that really made a long lasting impression on me just kind of remembering my friends and acquaintances and the kind of pain that they went through um that triggered me that i really thinking that i really should write about a piece about that experience um therefore the the whole AIDS epidemic um and became a big part of the symphony so for because of that, I chose four poets. Um, three of them are homosexual in some way. So it was Walt Whitman, Tom Gunn, and C.P. Kafafi. Um, and I kind of wrote it for the orchestras and the voice. 
so there's some kind of it's almost like a Mahler Malerian symphony with a voice in the in, in the symphony, um, in a way that that kind of opened up the whole idea of how I deal with um, different writers in the same space, musical space, which is quite different from what, uh, the World War One's or Miracle, where I deal with one single writer. I see. Well, let's move on to talk about that then. I mean, I mean, the, the symphony is is obviously on the album, but the title track, of course, mm. is "The World Was Once All Miracle." Um, well, tell us about the beginnings of that piece. What what, what happened first? Uh, I think in the beginning, I was approached by Andrew Biswell, the director of the foundation, and I think it was my name was being mentioned to him after the the premiere of Symphony. So Andrew wrote to me, and then we have some discussion. I think. I think I kind of just saw the idea when I mentioned to him that I actually knew this man in music. <laughs> yes. I, I, th- I think I think he just liked the idea that I considered Burgess to be a composer who wrote, rather than the other way around. Because I think because just I approached him first as a composer, um, and I believe that that was the way that Burgess kind of saw himself anyway. Um, so in a way that I kind of in line with what Burgess was thinking about himself. Um, so the process started, once the commission came through, I started making trips to the foundation and asking to see a lot of uh, manuscripts that, that you, you guys hold in the foundation. And what, and what did you make of it? What did you, uh, what did you discover? I thought there was just so much of it. <laughs> it, it. It was just fascinating because a lot of the material are... They included a, a, just one page sketch or just idea to a complete movement or pieces, which kind of is just incredible. It the, the amount of music he actually wrote, and considering the fact that you know the foundation is not the only place that holds his manuscript, there are other places in the world that actually have his other manuscript. Just the thinking, you know, the sheer amount of music he wrote on top of the work that he wrote as well. Yes, well, the, the the output is really quite um, quite vast. Um, but as I was saying, Burgess didn't, until perhaps later in his life, get to hear much of his music being performed. What do you think of Burgess's music itself? I find it very interesting. A lot of them are very good. Uh, I mean, to be fair, being a composer is 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 a is, is a to, to, to write music is a craft that you need to improve by doing it. Uh, you know, you learn from your mistakes by hearing a piece being played and you realise something that doesn't work. Um, and I do think that Burgess' music, it was getting better and better as he get older because he finally get to hear it and and you know, he can hear things that didn't work and hear things that didn't work and he kind of improved them. Um, but thinking about it just for example the symphony is such a massive piece and he didn't really really have any kind of experience before that to actually hear any of his orchestral music he just kind of jumped into the deep and and wrote it and it's a it's a it's a really really good piece um the variety the, the way he used the orchestra it doesn't come across as amateur at all and he you, when, when you look at the score he kind of he, he you can tell that he would know how the orchestra work. 
So you're in the Burgess Foundation archives and you're looking at all of Burgess's unperformed manuscripts and so on. Did uh, did any of it find did any of Burgess's music find its way into into your piece? Oh yes. Um, he, I think it was just in one of my trip. I was just randomly looking at a lot of the kind of loose leaves in his manuscript, and I just came across this quite odd looking one. And I just didn't quite know why, but I just look at it. I just I just like the look of it, uh, but I didn't really look in the, in details. And I just took a photograph because I, there was so much of it. I didn't take pictures of every single pages, but that one just suddenly just screaming at me was saying that come and take a picture of me. So I did, um, and uh, and I went home and the week and I looked at it the week after, and I just look at it and I went to the keyboard and I just played through it. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. That was um, only about two staves of music in there, but it's clearly it's uh, 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 some kind of idea uh, that Burgess was trying out with the, the 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 way of writing serial music. So you can just clearly see a tone road being worked. A tone road. A tone road. Oh, I see. Which, yes. Which which um, which is the basic for a lot of um, serialist music. Um, and that really got me excited because, you know, Burgess wasn't just sticking in the kind of old-fashioned kind of Elgar Britain type music. He actually know what was going on in the musical world and he was trying out different ideas. And for me, that the tone roll itself is fascinating as well um, and the harmonization he came up with. So I decided to use that sketch um, as the the basic for song number five in the song cycle. Tell us a bit about the song cycle as a whole, perhaps, because you set a number of Burgess's texts, but uh, they're all quite different. Yes, um, I think the the next step of the process was actually finding the text, and which was daunting because considering the fact that how much he wrote, um, and I was toying with the idea that do I go into the one of the novels or just pick up some text from the from the stories or essays or or whatever and i eventually i just noticed that he published a collection of poems called revolutionary sonnets um so i got hold of a copy um and i read through it um eventually i chose six fragments from various poems because i in my mind, I like the idea that um, the three main fascinations uh, of Burgess was words, music, and the conflict of good and evil. Um, so all the, the, the text I chose from the poems are kind of circling around those ideas. I see. Um, maybe you could just talk us through the whole piece. I mean, it... Um, what what can we expect from the world was once a miracle? Uh, without giving away too much for people who have not heard it, is is a song cycle is a cycle of six songs. Um, they all have very different characters. Um, because I just I just want to kind of reflect the idea that Burgess books are so very different from each other. Um, so I just want to write almost like six mini miniature novels. So they have kind of very different textures and temperature. Um, 
all reflecting the life and 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 the personality of Burgess. Um, so the first one is a lot of to do with workplace about um, very strange kind of words. Um, it's it's almost like a like a call to music. How we started the whole song cycle uh, with the word sick. Um, so I think that was kind of quite an interesting idea that because it's a lot of Burgess novels that was quite unusual first lines, for example, earthly powers. Um, yes, of course. This is a very famous first line. Um, so I just want to have a kind of quite striking opening song. Um, and then the second and the third are the two slow songs that pair together. The second one is about sleep, but I think I, I, the way I read into it is it's more about guilt. Uh, so it's almost like a kind of very dark, Britain-esque nocturne. Um, uh, with a kind of end the songs with a yawning in the orchestra, uh, yes. and 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 a kind of bell ringing as well. Um, in the first song, um, is I think for for me it's possibly one of my favorite personal favorite because as I was doing my research, I discovered that Anthony Burgess spent several years in the mid fifties living in Malay uh, with his first wife, um, teaching English there um i just like the idea that in a way strange way that me and burgess is kind of having kind of kind of opposite journey that be me being you know born from in asia and came to live in england and then he being an englishman went to live in asia um so i just i just like the idea of the kind of like almost like a student exchange kind of <laughs> um and and I think that for me, that that setting or in Malay, gave me that that kind of artistic license to to do something unusual. Uh, so I decided to kind of explore kind of more slightly more unusual sound world texture by scoring the songs with just woodwind um, and some really unusual instrument from the um, from Asia. It's called from they're actually from Philippines called punkakas. Um, they are actually made of bamboos, or we just call them bamboo bamboo buses. Um, so the whole songs is is trying to provoke, kind of evoke this um, the sound of kind of Asian ceremonial religious music in the background, while this while the main character is talking about love. Here's part of the third song from "The World Was Once All Miracle." So that is the 
the the two slow song, and then we come to the fourth one, which is is a scherzo, and it really kind of brings forth the the idea that Burgess' fascination with music. So the the whole idea about music of the sphere. So that's that's the the kind of theme of that little song in the number fourth. Um, so I have which contains a lot of quotations, including Beethoven, Debussy, uh, Purcell. Uh, Thomas Arndt and and his own music that in a bit kind of hinting it, but in the fifth song, which we came to the kind of the the, the heart of darkness in the sense that he talking about kind of good and evil. In this song, it's more about evil. Um, so I just was fascinated by. The how the impact of the the World War Second World War have on his uh, psyche, not just him. I think it's it's kind of whole generation. Um, the sense of you know you actually see into the the dark side of human beings. Um, so the fifth song, in a way, is is kind of the, the kind of the the darkest piece of the whole song cycle. Um, and then after that. You know, it, everything kind of just just kind of annihilated in the sense that you have to have some sense of rebirth, which kind of bring us back to uh, a slightly lighter sound in the six songs. But also the song, the last song is also a song of farewell as well. Here's part of the fourth song from the world was once all miracle. Tell us a bit about the influences on your own work, though. I mean, which which composers particularly have uh, have influenced you? Uh, well, it depends on the time of the day or the, the week that you ask me. I think um, I I tend to listen to a lot of different kind of music. Uh, my own background is because I was born in Hong Kong. The, the first type of music kind of I got in touch with was Cantonese pop music, and then and then later on Western classical music. Um, 
unfortunately, in Hong Kong, when I was growing up, traditional Chinese music wasn't really being pushed, so I didn't really have the opportunity to get to know it better. Um, so, but later on, when I when I start studying here, I got into listening to jazz um, and more pop music, dance music, uh, country music, all sort of thing. So I don't kind of have a kind of specific kind of liking. I think I think possibly the only thing I wouldn't listen to is death metal. Right. <laughs> because I it, when I was in boarding school the, the the person living next to me was playing all the time. So I think I just had enough of that. Oh, <laughs> um but I I I think that in a way that it I just want to make it a very healthy diet that you I don't kind of choose about know what to listen to i try to listen to as much as i could because it's always something good to learn from music that you don't particularly you didn't think you would like um and in a way to kind of you, you almost like you're doing your research because you never know what's out there and um well maybe maybe we could end by uh, by thinking about the future what are you what are you working on next what comes after this uh, this album um well after the album i not quite sure because of whatever's happening to the pandemic kind of really affecting you know the, the music or the art scenes uh, in a very big way um currently i still have an orchestral piece to be premiere uh, which was scheduled to be premiere in hong kong because it was commissioned by the hong kong philharmonic uh so the premiere has already really been postponed for a year so now it's scheduled for september this year so we will see um and meanwhile, I'm just writing some songs. I'm I'm doing a little children opera, a short children opera, and and also a a violin concerto. Um, but it's it's quite funny that now that I'm looking at this this album in my hand, and and just thinking that um, the three pieces on this disc always in my mind have a sense of a, a, like a group of pieces. Even though the thematically they they are not really tightly linked together, but there was some kind of tenuous link. For example, in the first piece, the London citizen exceedingly injured, which was my first big orchestral piece. I want to write about my experience of living in London for twenty years uh, up to that point. Uh, but the, one of the big influence of the piece was George Orwell, nineteen eighty four. So in a way that even though the piece is, is not a setting for 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 a voice and orchestra, in a way that there was a sense of literature literature influence in there, um, and then of course as we talk about you know, both the the ones the the ones the world was once all miracle and then symphony have or text in there, so in a way that they kind of have this kind of link between the three pieces. So the for for the piece that I'm writing now, the violin concerto, and then the piece I finished for Hong Kong Philharmonic. And then maybe another piece to come. I think that there will be a, another group of three that have a much more kind of Chinese focus, uh, because the piece that uh, commissioned for Hong Kong Philharmonic is about Beethoven's uh, for Beethoven two fifty anniversary last year. Um, so I, I chose to write about Beethoven in China, not not literally, but it's about the, the idea of Beethoven, how he influenced the Chinese culture in the twentieth century. 19th and 20th century. Uh, so the next piece is more about cultural revolution. Uh, and then the, the, the piece afterward, I'm not quite sure what the, the third piece is going to be yet, but we'll see. <laughs> well, that's great. There's, well, that sounds like there's 
there's plenty to be looking forward to there, despite uh, despite everything that's going on, mm. and uh, you know, and the scale and ambition of of everything you're working on is seems to be certainly uh, certainly comparable to, uh, <laughs> to to that of Burgess. The, um, <laughs> well, I, well, I think I think you know, I, I wouldn't want to go that far. I think just every time when I when I look, I mean. I have the pile of Burgess books next to my desk, and I just look at it. Like, oh my god! I mean, that man, how much he wrote, and they're, they're all amazing. It's just like it just made me really envy. <laughs> well, perhaps uh, perhaps that's a, a positive note to end on. But thanks so much for talking to us. Thank about you for having me today. Thank you. You have been listening to the International Anthony Burgess Foundation podcast. More information about Raymond Yu is available on his website www.raymondyu.com and you can follow him on Twitter at Raymond Yu. His new album, The World Was One Soul Miracle, is out now on CD and download. For more information about Anthony Burgess and the work of the Burgess Foundation, visit www.anthonyburgess.org. If you enjoyed listening to the International Anthony Burgess Foundation podcast, why not leave us a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts?